Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Monday. Um, this is Judge Graham, and I'm going to talk today. I'm going to give a little story. I usually don't do stories, but um, I think it's a pretty good story, and it has a... Um, 
good meaning on, on how to grow your business and the importance of customer um, expectations and delivering those. So um, let me kick off with that. Sorry, I've got my dogs going crazy in the background here. So I'm a, uh, I'm a huge truck guy, love trucks, live in Texas, and uh, <laughs> these dogs, um, love trucks and um, love big trucks, right? So lifted trucks, level trucks, couple inches on the trucks, big wheels, um, big tires, all the, all the fun stuff. And living in Texas, for, for those listening here that, that live in Texas, know that we get a, an exorbitant amount of hail. It's always hailing here. So anybody that's a, uh, in the roofing business, it's a, it's a great place to, to replace roofs because we're constantly getting hail. And so what's real important to me <clears throat> when buying a, a, a truck, and again, remember, I want it lifted, I want it high, I want it to fit in my uh, garage. Right, because I want to avoid any time there's a, a, a hailstorm getting hail damage to my truck. <clears throat> so about four years ago, I was looking for a truck and found one online, like we all do. We're all shopping and, and looking at things online and literally found um, two trucks, almost identical. Same same year, same color I wanted, um, same sort of setup. The only thing different were um, the wheels, but they were really similar <clears throat> so basically the same truck. One dealership was, uh, I don't know, six, seven miles from my house. The other one was about 35 miles from my house. So, um, and I'm an active buyer, right? So like, I want to make things happen fast. You know, want to make my mind up on something. I want to, I want to make a purchase. So I said, well, only logically it makes sense. I'm going to call the closer dealership. So I pick up the phone, dial them, get through and said, hey, can I talk to somebody in sales? Yep, no problem. Immediately transfer me. I'm thinking, hey, great experience so far. Get on the phone with the salesperson. I said, hey, this is the, the truck I'm looking at. Um, is in stock. And said, hey, can you give me the, the, the number on it? <clears throat> Gave him the number and comes back and says, yeah, it's, it's, it's in stock. I said, fantastic. I said, um, I'm ready to, to purchase the truck. Don't even want to do a bunch of negotiation. Um, I said, but one thing's really key to me. It, the truck has to fit in my garage. And I said, so if you don't mind, can you, um, you know, instead of me driving out there, do you mind just going out and measuring it? Here, here are the measurements of my garage. And if it fits, you know, we've, you know, we got a deal. Mr. Graham, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, this is his response. Mr. Graham, I'm sorry. I can't go out and measure the truck. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm ready to buy this truck. Like, what, what's this guy talking about? And I said, well, listen, I, you know, I've got a super busy schedule today. I'm ready to buy the truck. I just really need you to measure it. And, you know, you've got a sale. Like, this is going to be the easiest sale you've made all week. He said, Mr. Graham, I, I appreciate that. And I want you to buy the truck. But, you know, I really need you to come in to the dealership. <clears throat> and I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, we have a process. And that process requires all of our customers to come in. I said, I don't, I don't understand the process. Like you're telling me I want to buy this truck. You just have to measure it, but you won't sell me the truck until I come into the dealership. He said, unfortunately, Mr. Graham, that that's the case. 
And I said, okay, so let me get this clear. You're, you're going to pass on my sale right now because you won't measure it. He said, Mr. Graham, I want your business, but you have to come to the dealership. So me being frustrated, <clears throat> I hang up the truck. I hang up. Just hang up. Call, call the other dealership. Same thing, get through sales, talk to everybody. Finally, um, get patched through. Same, same question. And I said, hey, you know, it has to be, you know, measure this, this, this height. Can you go measure the truck? Total different response. Yes, sir. Would love to do that. Let me uh, take your number and I'll call you right back. And this guy's name's Jimmy. I said, okay, great, Jimmy. That sounds perfect. Jimmy, Jimmy hangs up the phone. And literally, I mean, I, maybe five minutes later, he calls back and he gives me the measurement. <clears throat> and he said, uh, Mr. Graham, here's the measurement. And I go, oh. Uh, I said, Jimmy, thanks so much. I said, unfortunately, that's a half inch too high for my garage. And for everybody that's in auto, um, we really appreciate this story. Um, and, and everybody that's in auto knows that dealerships are, are usually always closed on Sunday. So this is Saturday at like, I don't know, one o'clock in the afternoon. So I tell Jimmy, Jimmy says, well, Mr. Graham, he said, I think it'll fit. And now, now I'm laughing. I'm going, we question my measurement skills here, Jimmy. He said, no, I, I think it'll fit. I said, no, Jimmy, it's not going to fit. It's a, it's a I've, I've measured it like eight times. I said, here's the deal. I really like you. Why don't you see if you can find me something similar that is, is a little lower and will fit my garage and call me on Monday and we'll get this figured out. And he said, Mr. Graham, I'd like to drive it out there and see if it'll fit. I said, Jimmy, it's not going to fit. He said, well, just let, if you don't mind, I, you know, are you around? I said, well, I'm about to go to this event. <clears throat> um, I have to leave here in an hour and a half. And, you know, that's, that's what's going on. He said, okay, Mr. Graham. He goes, well, let me ask you this. He said, um, are you willing to buy this truck? I said, absolutely. And he said, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get all the paperwork ready and, um, you know, get, get you your value on your trade or, you know, whatever we were doing at that time. And he said, I'm going to come out there. And he goes, if the truck fits and you like it, will you be ready to, to make a decision? I said, sure, absolutely. Long story short, Jimmy pulls up. He flies this truck into my garage. I think it's going to like just destroy my whole house. And it fits just like a glove. And I purchased the truck. And from here on, Jimmy's become my guy. So this is four years ago. I just bought, the reason I'm telling this whole story is I just bought a truck last week from Jimmy. <clears throat> and in the last four years, I've bought six trucks from Jimmy because I buy a truck every eight to 12 months. In all my vehicles, the trucks I typically buy are, I mean, fairly expensive. You know, they're 90 to $120,000 trucks. So one phone call, right, that went two different ways. The first phone call versus the second phone call. And now I've become a customer to Jimmy and have generated him tons of revenue personally and for that dealership. The reason I, I tell this story is, is we, we try and I, and I asked Jimmy this last time he dropped my truck off last week. I said, Jimmy, I said, what, I said, what, what made you that day you know, take that action and, 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 and just go above and beyond. He said, he goes, he said, uh, judge, it's, it's my culture, man. We, we work for a great company. We work for a great dealership. They empower us. They let us do things. And we so often forget <clears throat> that a great customer experience can't happen 
until you have a great employee experience, right? Until you have a great employee experience and you have a great company culture that empowers your employees, you don't get outcomes like that. And when you really start looking at the math, I think there's a statistic out there, 83% of happy buyers like me, right? Not only purchase, have a high propensity, 83% propensity to purchase again, but also have an 83 propensity to give referrals. So I've bought in six vehicles <coughs> from Jimmy in the last four years. And most of my friends, you know, are similar to me and, um, I've referred them to, and he's probably sold another eight trucks within my network in the last four years, all from one phone call and all from the way he handled the customer, which was driven by the culture that his dealership had. So what I wanna challenge everybody today to think about is, what. What's your culture look like? Do you have Jimmy's, right? Or do you have the other guy that I don't even know what his name was that I called that required me to come into the dealership, right? And, and I asked him <clears throat> before we hung up, I said, why do I have to come into the dealership? And he said, well, it's our process. It's our process. When's the last time as you've grown, right? As we grow companies, whether you're an employee, a manager, or an owner, at every iteration of growth, you have to tweak process. And typically, and unfortunately, the bigger you get, the more onerous the process becomes on the customer, right? We, we ask them to <clears throat> do more. We require them to do more because we think it's in the benefit of expediting what we need to get done in the company. But it could be very counteractive, right? It could cost millions, millions of dollars. Like in this scenario, I'm saying this one phone call can translate to millions of dollars lost for that original dealership that I called. Through what I've purchased and through the people I've referred to Jimmy, that was a you know million plus dollar phone call. When's the last time you went through your process, right? I mean, they, they created some process because some sales manager at that auto dealership, you know, and again, probably well-intended <clears throat> said, Hey, we have the best opportunity to sell the customer when they're in the store. Okay. So we don't do anything for them outside of that because we got to get them here. Okay. So whatever that is, don't do it. And that employee didn't feel empowered enough didn't have a culture enough to understand that, hey, this time I could probably break the process. It's simply measuring the truck to do that. So we need to go back. We've got to look at our processes. Are they, are they customer focused? Are we building cultures and empowering our employees as we get bigger to be able to make calls and make decisions and, and to take action and to make things happen? to be able to serve the customer based on the situation. Because business isn't as easy as a simple math problem, right? That always has the same answer. Every customer potentially has a different need. They're in a different buying state. They have different wants, desires. <clears throat> they have different ticks. 
And if we haven't built a culture that allows our service teams, our sales teams to be empowered, to alter, to pivot, to be successful for the company and the customer, we're going to have a tough time growing. So anyhow, I thought that was a, a great way to start a Monday for everybody that you know, is in sales or is in service. <clears throat> hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. You know, think about how you can get better, reevaluate your processes, and understand that, that we're constantly going, how do we get more sales? How do we keep customers? And how do we create a customer-centric uh, organization? Well, it starts, with a, it starts with an employee-centric organization, right? You can't have a great company without great employees. So with that being said, I'm going to open up the floor. If there's any questions, anybody wants to talk about trucks? Or, or anything around customer experience or employer experience, uh, I'm going to open the floor. Plus, while somebody's doing that, I've uh, posted up in the top a link, <clears throat> Get BTS University. It's my uh, nine-plus-hour video course. It has documents um, that are supplemental. It's how I've built and scaled two nine-figure businesses and sold them. Um, and it's my entire playbook, and it's completely free to anybody that's in the Clubhouse network. Um, I promised Glenn I'd always want to bring value and at and it, it no cost to, to everybody on this audience. So um, people that have gone through this have, have, have changed the course of their lives and their business. So I would highly recommend if you want, hit that link and um, get that content for free if you're interested in growth cultures and, and how to build, scale, and exit a company. That's up in the, the top right there in the, the pin linked. Any questions? Anybody have any thoughts? Judge, this is Tiff with the Pink Bubblegum. Can you hear me okay? We're in the car. I can hear you great. Oh, wonderful. I absolutely loved your story. I loved what you shared. As far as, um, I'm, I'm a, a customer service rep for um, health and wellness industry and you know, when I heard what you were saying, it just totally resonated with me because, you know, you've got these customers who, if you don't treat them like gold, which they are, then you don't have a business. And so what you were saying, it just makes me just want to up my customer service that much more. It so inspired me. And I am definitely a truck girl. <laughs> my, my husband, we're high school sweethearts. I've mean, been together 39 years now. But um, I, what attracted me to my husband was he had a huge lifted uh, Ford truck in high school with those big old tires and it's like oh, that's what awesome. attracted me to that man <laughs> and we're still together together to this day so I just wanted to share that uh, that's awesome well good congrats on being the truck I just I love trucks I don't know it's, I think it's the kid in me um I think they're just so fun but that you're you're exactly spot on I mean um and I think the easiest way to do um do this and what I you know try to tell people all the time is just if you're on the other line of that phone would you be happy with how you're being treated, right? The, the level of urgency, how your time's being respected, 
how your money's being valued. I mean, that's the that's the cheat code, right? The easiest way to do is just always reverse it. And if you know you're not happy with the way that it would be, then you know there's probably work to do. But it's uh, it's amazing when you look at that story and think about, you know, and I'm just one phone call that day. Right. I mean, how many, you know, there's probably another hundred customers that called that day. And if the difference between Jimmy winning my business and the other dealership not and what that equates to from a revenue perspective. So everybody that's listening here, that's a manager or an owner, I mean, it's substantial. Right. And so I would just challenge everybody is, man, we've got to really work on upping our employee experience because that translates to the customer experience which translates to revenue and that one little example i gave equates to you know million plus dollars imagine you know the other 99 phone calls what that could have equated to if those calls went correctly anybody else want to share or questions Hello, George. This is Limitless Sega. Thank you so much. I really, really like what you said about um, a great customer experience starts with a great employee experience. And understanding that, I believe, is so fundamental to building an amazingly successful company. So what I want to ask you, though, when you're thinking about your company culture, Does it start with your selection process with your employees, who you bring in? Or do you think more important is your building blocks and what you do on a cyclic, continuous basis to create this amazing culture? Which would you say is most important? And it would be great to also get some tidbits around um, either one of them or both. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thank you for a great, great question. And thank you for uh, um, bringing it to, to the group. <clears throat> I, I, I truly believe that it starts with the building blocks. And specifically, it, it really comes down to the, the owner and in the leadership of the company of, you know, what kind of company do you want to create? And I talk a lot about core values, but core values are much more than words to me, right? So when you start to think about culture, <clears throat> to me, it's behavior, behaviors and habits. I mean, behaviors and habits are really powerful, right? Behaviors and habits, right? When you look at successful people, you know, if you want to become successful, what do you do? You look at their behaviors and their habits, right? How they treat people, what they stand for, the discipline, the things that they do, the daily actions. And to me, that defines a culture, and then you can tie those those behaviors and habits into words like fearless or speed. But it's really important those building blocks and those words like speed are then backed up with behaviors and habits. And that's really dictated um, and dictate dictated is a strong word. Right. But I do believe if you're the owner, you started that company, it's your it's your right to create the culture that you want. Wrong, right or indifferent. And you, you get to write that story. You get to create that narrative. You get to build those building blocks. But those building blocks have to be ingrained on behaviors and habits that can be seen and measured every day in the organization. <clears throat> and then once you have those behaviors, those habits, those core values, now you can start to establish and hire the right people. 
right? You can do the interview process and, and, and you can share the core values and the behaviors and the belief systems that, um, you know, are, are required to work in an organization. You can have people take Myers-Briggs and predictive index tests to see, you know, if they're going to align culturally, um, you know, correctly. But I mean, that's, that's how, how I look at it. Thank you so much. That's, that's um, very valuable. Is there anything you could share regarding when you're selecting people as part of the culture, uh, um, any strategies or <clears throat> tidbits you can share regarding uh, who you select to bring into your culture and what you're looking for? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, again, I, one, I think they have to fit the core values, right? Because, um, no individual is ever a great company. It's, it's a collection of, of great people, right? And those great people can't build tribal like, um, cause I mean, I really think to, to, to build a great company, it needs to be almost tribal, right? I mean, and, and, and to, to create that tribal feel, it has to, it has to, uh, encompass those core values, right? So one, that'd be the first thing, you know, regardless of the position or who I want to bring in, I want to make sure culturally that, that, that they're aligned. And then second, I want to really understand, you know, the position that we're hiring for, right? And um, with that position that we're hiring for, I want to make sure that we're going to be able to put them in a position to be successful, right? That we're going to arm them with all the um, career development that they need, the, the equipment that they need, the flexibility that they need. And I want to be upfront with um, understanding their needs and that we're going to provide that. And I also want to be upfront with them understanding what our expectations of success looks like that are beyond culture, right? That are more tangible, that they're, you know, growth initiatives or financial initiatives or customer success initiatives. And I think it's really important to get that level of alignment from both the employer and the employee before either party makes a decision to move forward. Because once they, they move forward, they know culturally um, what they're getting into. Um, they also know um, they voiced everything that they need in order to be successful, and they've gotten that answer from the employer, and the employer has voiced everything that is expected from the employee, and there's alignment on that. And so then you kind of hit the ground running, and as long as both parties adhere to that, um, usually the outcome is good. Thank you so much. Well answered. Thank you, Judge, for all the value. appreciate you course. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to open up. Uh, please, if you guys haven't grabbed that link, um, super powerful stuff. Again, it, it maps out everything from, you know, how do you how do you market um, your company? How do you create value proposition? How do you build growth cultures? I mean, it, and it's tactical. It's 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 line by line. It's no it's not theory. It's practical with downloads. So Grab that free course, even if it's only one thing in there that that helps um, elevate you, you know, better personally or professionally. Um, it's it's probably worth it. So grab that link in the top. Um, if you're driving, just click on it, and then uh, whenever you're at a, a place you can you can stop, you can you can finish it. Okay, I'm gonna op open up one more last question. Um, if anybody has one, and if not. I will hop and everybody can have a, an amazing rest of their, their Monday and start of the week. All right, everybody have a, have a wonderful Monday, go out, make it happen. Have a great week. Know you're capable of anything you put your mind to 
create urgency, just start, quit overthinking things. Hey, Judge, it's Kristen, and I'm next behind you, but I have a question, and I want to bounce something off of you in your segment, because I love your segment. Um, yeah, for sure. So when you are, so so I sit back, and I'm, I'm um, a business partner in many different companies, but one in particular is interesting because we have this slow growth, and no matter what we do or what we try, we have this this, uh, what am I trying to say? Like this culture of head down, focus, be productive, be gritty, go. And that's definitely, um, the personality of the, the majority of our owners. And so it's been really a struggle. And I've seen this actually, there's a, a company in general that has a tendency to hire really high DC personalities for sure. ownership. And there's a gap because high DC personalities aren't necessarily the fun culture loving, like they're like, come on, let's mm -hmm. go. And so in your experience, what have you seen or what are some ways that a company that maybe the ownership is high DC personalities um, could get some traction on culture? Great, great question. Super uh, valid. And it and, and sounds like, unfortunately, you're, you're living some of that, but <clears throat> what I found is you always have to, you, there has to, you know, the yin and yang, right? And so anytime I've had an organization that's been um, very successful and I'm going to fall into that high D, right? like over the top, and I'm going to push, 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 push. And, uh, you know, I have to have a counterpart that offsets that. And typically for me, that's a, a COO that is just phenomenal, right? That, that can help take my level of urgency and push and my voracious appetite for everybody to want to just win and, and, and just, I mean, I'm just super aggressive, right? But also very, you know, loving. I want to create a great culture. I want great people. I want to take care of people's families. I feel like I have a huge fiduciary responsibility and that's where that drive comes from. <clears throat> but usually that COO, um, uh, he or she will always do a great job of counter, you know, balancing that, right? Like, um, kind of in a sense protecting you know the 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 field soldiers from from some of of that would could become abrasive but you know knowing how to to do a better job of of nurturing that and extracting some of that culture that may not be um as conditioned to want that level of like push if that makes sense yeah you almost need a filter right you almost need like a person who runs <clears throat> alongside you and compliments you and brings the culture to the company you think yeah and they're just equally as important right i mean mm -hmm. in every business i've ever been in i've always had a partner and there's a lot of pros and cons in that but for me um it's super important and fortunately for almost every business i've had a partner that has a lot of similarities but then also yin and yangs with um with me and um but but you need that right so i would say i would look at your organization right now and if, if that's missing you, you've got to kind of have that that filter right and yep. especially right now in this environment right i mean this this environment um is just different right i mean <clears throat> how how people um want to work and flexibility and what motivates people i mean it's 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 much different than it was you know 25 years ago and if we're not acutely aware that, you know, not everybody may be motivated by just money or uh, the importance of flexibility, the importance of of those sort of things, then, you know, you're going to find yourself struggling in growth. Yeah, no, good, good conversation. Thank you for that. I it just 
building a business, it's so funny. People jump into it and they're like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And they, they don't necessarily slow down to study the art of building a business. And it's really, they could be good at what they do. They could be great at sales, but throw them into, you know, building the actual business and, and managing the people and managing the systems and operations or getting actually, doesn't it all come down to just hiring talent? Like if you're a master of hiring talent, you can run any business. Yeah, the best the best operators I've ever seen, um, just just know they're just phenomenal with people, right? I mean, they they understand who to hire, when to hire, and how to motivate, and that's the art of a successful entrepreneur. It's not sales, right? Say, listen, let me be clear though: sales are the lifeblood of everything, and you've got yes. to revenue, revenue, revenue. But you know, to your point, I have never seen a phenomenal salesperson translate you know real easily over to a phenomenal operator right a phenomenal operator understands people psychology motivations habits behaviors talent um and in those you know who and when to hire and where to put talent and that's just uh, a, that's an art that's a really good point because in in the real estate sales industry we get these guys who are like hey i'm killing it at sales i have all this extra business i'm gonna go build a team and yet um, you just, you forget that that's a whole nother role just because you were good at selling didn't make, you know, you still need to go, you're, you're starting new, you're starting new again and you're learning and you're, you're becoming a leader instead. But anyway, fun, fun conversation. Thank you, sir. I always enjoy you in the mornings. Yeah, good morning, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to jump off. Okay. Uh, have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.